What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pick Six Nation. This is going to be episode number 91. And my guest for this episode is Jake Kaufman. Jake, thank you for coming back on again. Hey, no problem, Mike. Always glad to help you out. And it's always fun to talk football with you. Thank you. It's always fun to talk football with you as well. And it's I love, I love when you help me out. I haven't had you on in a bit. And it's nice to have you back on. So yeah, yeah it's great to be back. Thank you. Let's do it. All right, our topics for this episode are, are Terry McLaurin and Commanders agree to three-year $71 million contract extension. Baker Mayfield says that the decision on both sides is to move on. Ice Cube and NFL partnership. Mike Tomlin on Heinz Ward's Hall of Fame case. Trey Smith says that he doesn't blame Tyree Kill for joining the Dolphins. Tyran Matthew on Jamar Chase. Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell boxing match. NFL Sunday ticket for sale, Pat McAfee, Kenny Pickett, Pat McAfee and Darius Butler on Golden Tate saying that Daniel Jones hasn't had a fair chance to succeed in the NFL. George Kittle says that Debo Samuel should uh, chase his money. Broncos believe in Baron Browning's ability to be a pass rusher. Osi Umenyora trying to find future NFL stars in Africa. Melvin Gordon III says that the Broncos running backs will go crazy. Joe Mixon said that the Bengals might be the hottest thing smoking in the NFL on Sundays. John U. Smith on Mac Jones. Bruce Arians talks about a new role with Buccaneers. Justin Herbert says that the Chargers have to put together a full season for us to play the football that we want to. Miles Sanders says that the Eagles feel like we're on an all-star team. Sam Howell embraces backup role well. Amari Cooper embraces leadership role with Browns. Kareem Hunt says that he is 100% healthy. KJ Wright says that Geno Smith should be the starting quarterback for Seattle. Chris Oladokun aims to stay in Pittsburgh. Carson Wentz in a commander's uniform. Kim Pegula recovering well from unspecified health issue. Kayvon Thibodeau sets goal for one sack per game for the season. Michael Strahan believes that Kayvon Thibodeau will make Giants fans very happy. Julian Edelman possible return. A.J. McCarron NFL return, Michael Thomas running routes, Akib Tlaib joins Thursday night football team, and Steve McNair's legacy. All right. Now let's go to Terry McLaurin and commanders agree to three-year, $71 million contract extension. And this is awesome for the commanders, considering what they've been through with Dan Snyder and considering what, uh, just what they've been through in general. It's a great thing. It's a huge positive. Yeah, we saw like this whole offseason with Scary Terry. Uh, many people thought that the commanders would move on from him, that they wouldn't give him the money that he has. But let's look at his production. Like they finally have somewhat of an established quarterback for the moment in Carson Wentz. Like look at his time in Washington. He's gone through multiple Absolutely. quarterbacks and has still been able to produce. That just shows the type of player he is. It doesn't matter the quarterback. You get in the ball, he will make plays for you. So Washington is extending him for long-term for the moment because they see him as their long-term wide receiver one. He has earned the money that he has. I think he will have another pretty decent season, whether it's Carson Wentz or Sam Howell under center, especially with Wentz where he's had guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar has had great seasons during his time in Philly, Zach Ertz, like just look at the production and even his last year in Philadelphia where he had no true number one receiver and he was still able to produce big yardage in night, week in and week out. So I think Scary Terry's in 
in term for another career season. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. And he also has a $28 million signing bonus, which is awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of money to give to him. Yeah. Especially, but he's earned it. Like I said, you can look at his production, you can look at his stats. And then remember, he never had a true established quarterback until somebody like Wentz came in and played under center. I think he will have another big year and I think he will make the money worth it. Yeah, Jake, absolutely. I agree with you on that. All right. And uh, congratulations to Terry McLaurin on his huge contract extension. Best of luck to him going forward. Yes, sir. All right. I think we hit it on the head. Now let's go to Baker Mayfield says that the decision on both sides is to move on. I think, I mean, I think Baker Mayfield's right in the sense since considering that they went and got Deshaun Watson and just considering what's been happening throughout the whole Baker Mayfield saga. He's been linked with the Seattle Seahawks. He's been linked with the Panthers. So I, I think I think this makes this makes perfect sense. I think the best thing for him is to leave Cleveland. I think so too. I think was it especially with Cleveland investing all that money into Deshaun Watson with the ongoing investigations against him. It's their it's their choice that they went out to get a controversial quarterback. They are going to pay the consequences with it. And sadly, if uh, Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a year it looks like Baker Mayfield will not be the quarterback that'll take over during his suspension. It looks like it will be third string quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. That was the whole reason why they signed him. He was a starter for most of the season last year in Houston before David Mills took over. Tyrod Taylor has been an established quarterback. He had good years in Buffalo. He'll be fine under center. Deshaun Watson is suspended for the whole season. And I think that it is the best move for Cleveland as well as Baker Mayfield to be traded now with these two destinations I don't think Seattle is the destination right now especially with right now Jake. they're going through a QB battle Jake with I think you mean Jacoby Brissett oh yeah right Jacoby Brissett that's my bad I thought it was Tyrod Taylor that he's still no, in Houston yeah he's still he's uh Tyrod Taylor's playing for the Giants okay okay yeah but even with Jacoby he was he had a couple good weeks last year playing for Tua. He's a big bodied running quarterback. You remember he started a few games when they, when the New York, I'm sorry, the New England Patriots decided to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. He has played under center. He started for a season in Indy when Andrew Luck out of nowhere decided to retire. He had a pretty decent season. He's a big bodied running quarterback. He could scramble. He has a pretty good arm. He has some decent weapons out there in Indy. He, I'm sorry, in Cleveland with Amari Cooper. He will be fine playing under center. And I just think, like, let me go back to the Baker Mayfield situation. I just don't think Seattle is the destination for him. I think Seattle yeah. is fine with starting either Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And yeah, I kind yeah. of agree. I kind of agree with, like, later on with K.J. Wright. I think Geno Smith should start for the moment, especially mm -hmm. because he knows the playbook and he started multiple games when Russell Wilson broke his finger last year, had a mallet finger last year. I would just go with Geno Smith just because it gives you more options because no offense to Drew Locke, great quarter, a great young quarterback, which is Geno has legs. And that's what yeah. Seattle's offense has been built around, especially with that offensive line pocket collapses. You must 
be able to scramble and extend plays, which is what Russ was able to do for years in Seattle. I think Carolina is the perfect place for somebody like Baker Mayfield. He'll be in a similar situation. Matt Rule is a great offensive-minded coach. He's got a good offensive coordinator down there. He's got Christian McCaffrey, somebody like a Kareem Hunt, like a mixture between a Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in one, a great running back and a great pass catcher out of the backfield. He has DJ Moore down there. Mm -hmm. He has Robbie Anderson. He has two great wide receivers, burner wide receivers, as well as good pass catchers. It would just be a perfect situation for him to try and revitalize his career, especially with Carolina wanting to thinking about like, if this wasn't the best investment in signing Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jake, I agree with you on Baker Mayfield going to Carolina. I think that's the fir- perfect spot for him. You listed Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. You had Christian McCaffrey. I think it's a perfect spot for him. I mean, even I mean, Pete Carroll had said that they were fine. That quarterback situation was fine with uh, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Yeah, and it's, it's a perfect – they're not the best quarterbacks in Seattle, but they can fit in their systems. Yeah. They can fit in their systems. It's just – Perfect situation. That's why I keep saying Carolina is the perfect place for him, yeah. especially with another, with a great offensive, young offensive minded coach. And I can't forget, we can't forget about another weapon in Carolina, Chuba Hubbard, who proved himself mm-hmm. in his rookie year with McCaffrey out for most of the season. We can't forget about Chuba, a nice, good one two punch. It would be something similar to Cleveland with a one two punch with their running backs. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, Chuba Hubbard was excellent in Christian McCaffrey's absence, and Geno Smith was excellent in Russell Wilson's absence as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, he'll be fine. Like, that's why I keep saying he'll be the starting quarterback just because of what he did in the time that Russ was out. He was able to win some games. I mean, he almost beat Pittsburgh in his first start going on the road to Pittsburgh. And they were down 17 to seven in the fourth quarter. And he was able to force overtime. I mean, sadly, he fumbled the ball that that would eventually lead to the game winning field goal by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he played great enough in that game and the run game was able to support him. That's what Seattle is built upon. I think that's why they went. They invested with their few picks in the offensive line, as well as some free agency, because they realized that's their strength at the moment is the offense. The defensive legion of boom is no more. Yeah. It's their offense. It's their strength. That's true. That is so true. Jake, I agree with you on that. I think that's a pretty good wrapping up point for Baker Mayfield. Now let's go to Ice Cube and NFL partnership. This is an excellent partnership. I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this too. Like we saw him having fun during the Super Bowl. He is a diehard Raiders fan. He was sad to see them leave Oakland, but he is still supporting them in Las Vegas. He's one of the most recognizable rappers. I mean, he was big in the 90s, but even people our age know who Ice Cube was. Ice Cube is. He's a great actor, underrated actor. We've watched him in his different movies. It's just a perfect match-made partnership, especially with a diehard fan and one of the big one of the lesser known fan bases, like everybody knows about the Las Vegas Raiders and all their crazy fan base. He's one of the most diehard fans in the NFL. And I think it's just a great partnership overall for both sides. Yeah, it's a, it's a great partnership. I mean, there's a, there's an article called NFL ice cube team up for economic equity initiative for black owned businesses. 
and it says in the article, it's a, the article's by the Associated Press, and it says the NFL is teaming up with Ice, Ice Cube. The league announced Thursday that it is partnering with a contract with Black America Institute as economic inclusion initiative led by artist and entrepreneur O'Shea Jackson, who is known as Ice Cube. Uh, we feel like if you tackle the huge wealth gap between black people and white people in this country, that should solve a lot of problems. That's there. Ice Cube said on the AP Pro Football podcast, our thing was to go after some of the biggest companies in the country that rely on black consumers or black workers. And the biggest one we focused in on was the NFL. It's a, it's a great partnership. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, it really is, especially with like him trying to create inclusion, especially with the NFL that they've been trying to create this image of inclusion, especially with all the ongoing investigations throughout the multiple teams and multiple players. It's just a way to try and get fans away from that dark history and then move into like, you know, turn a new leaf for the NFL. Yeah, exactly. I, Jake, I absolutely agree with you on that for sure. All right, I think we hit it on the head there. Now let's go to Mike Tomlin on Heinz Ward's Hall of Fame case. This is very interesting. I mean, it definitely, I think Heinz Ward belongs in the Hall of Fame regardless of that Super Bowl loss to the Packers because he was a solid wide receiver for them. Throughout, he was a really solid wide receiver for them throughout his entire, his entire, uh, his, uh, his career there. Great wide receiver, super fun player to watch. I think that would have, that Super Bowl win would have even helped, helped his case even more. Yeah, I think so too. That was a tough loss. I still remember that Super mm-hmm. Bowl. I was rooting for Pittsburgh that day. But I still think even without that, I'm in total agreement with you. You look at his numbers, you look at his production. He was arguably one of the best wide receivers that ever donned the Steelers uniform. Like, don't look at that Super Bowl loss. Look at what he did year in and year out. And he does have a ring. People forget he has two rings. He has one from 2009 when they won over Arizona. And then he has Mm -hmm. the ring from 2005 when they beat the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Like looking past that, two Super Bowl rings, multiple Pro Bowls, multiple All Pro wide receivers, considered one of the greatest wide receivers of the 2010 decades. I think he belongs, no doubt in my mind, he deserves to be on the Hall of Fame ballot and he will make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a first ballot. You can't not put him as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind. I mean, Devin Hester made it as a first ballot Hall of Famer, and there was some speculation that people didn't think that he would make it as a return man. But people looked at, looked past that he didn't do much as a wide receiver. They looked at his stats as the return man. Don't just look at one thing, focus on one thing that his last game ever played was a Super Bowl loss to the Green Bay Packers. Look at his production of what he did during his NFL career. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. All right, Jake, I think we hit it on the head of this one. Yep. All right, now let's go to Trey Smith says that he doesn't blame Tyreek Hill for joining the Dolphins. I agree with Trey Smith as well. Uh, You have to do what you have to do. 
picks, especially we've seen this whole off season, we've been seeing multiple big name wide receivers and big name players, like, you know, focusing on what's best for them. We've seen Devonte Adams go to Las, the Las Vegas Raiders. We saw Tyreek Hill go to the Miami Dolphins. They're just focusing on what's best for them. I mean, no offense to Tyreek Hill, great wide receiver. And he was great in that offensive system with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, him, Nicole Hardman. But here was the thing. He was splitting opportunities and catch opportunities to Travis Kelsey. And most of the time in the clutch situation, Mahomes was looking for Kelsey over the middle because he was playing like a rookie rookie quarterback. I always remember this quote with rookie receiver, rookie QBs. Their favorite target, the best friend of a rookie quarterback is the tight end. And Mahomes built great chemistry with Travis Kelsey over the years. Coming into Miami, they have a rookie wide receiver or a second-year wide receiver now that's proving himself, Jalen Waddell. You have Mike Gesicki, mm-hmm. who isn't to the level of Travis Kelsey. But you have Tua Tugavailoa, a guy that has had guys with Tyreek Hill speed and played alongside with Jalen Waddell during his time at Alabama. It's just the perfect situation for him. He plays in Miami. He's a true wide receiver one there. Like Waddle and Gasicki aren't going to take away as many targets as Kelsey would in Kansas city. I think this is just a perfect situation for him. Brand new offense. He is the true number one target in there and he doesn't have to worry about all the time of Mahomes extending plays that's what makes Mahomes so deadly he's like a young Russell Wilson able to extend Mm -hmm. plays and has a strong arm he doesn't have to worry about that much anymore because Tua is more of one of those QBs that wants to stay in the pocket and just hit you on the pass and not try to really extend the play and then just go you got to be open somewhere I'm just going to chuck it deep which is what makes Mahomes so deadly I'm not I am not criticizing Patrick Mahomes at all. That's just mm-hmm. how he is as a quarterback. He is able to extend plays, but Tyreek Hill doesn't have to do that much anymore of extending plays and stuff, running around all over the place, trying to get himself open as he extends the play. Waddle, I'm sorry, Tua is a guy that stays in the pocket and tries to hit you on that pass route. Yeah, Jake, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, it's a great, it's a perfect situation for Tyreek Hill in Miami. And what you said about Mahomes is right on the money. It, it really is a perfect situation for Tyree Kill. He, yeah. he will definitely help Tua Tagovailoa with his speed. Yeah, exactly. Like, he will help him. Like, if you look at his time at Alabama, think about all the receivers he had at Alabama. He had mm-hmm. Jalen Waddell. He had Devontae Smith. He had John, he had John Menchie as his wide receiver three. And think about that. John Menchie was one of the top receivers taken in this NFL draft. He never Mm -hmm. played alongside Jamison Williams, but just think about how deep that Alabama wide receiver core is. That's why they are called wide receiver. You that's so true. That is so true. All right. I think we nailed it on that one. Now let's go to Tyran Matthew on Jamar chase. Um, I agree with what Tyron Matthew said about Jamar Chase. He really is like an Odell Beckham 2.0. Yeah, he really is. I mean, we saw this past season, like the chemistry that he built with his former college quarterback, Joe Mm -hmm. Burrow. He is one of the best young receivers in the NFL. Like we saw him against 
Like even when he was having a bad game, like I could take, for example, week two against the Chicago Bears. He hadn't done anything all day. He had like two catches for 11 yards. And then out of nowhere, he breaks a 60 yard touchdown pass. Like that's just Mm -hmm. the kind of receiver he is. You could shut him down for, for periods of time, but at some point he is going to break loose and he's going to make you pay for it. That's where I think the comparison of a young Odell Beckham Jr. 2.0 is. He's just that guy. You could shut him down for so long, but you know, at some point he's going to break loose on one. And that's what makes him so special, especially with this chemistry with Burrow. They have built a nice young core of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. Yes, they came up short in the Super Bowl, but they're still building a dynasty in Cincinnati. Jake, I agree with you on the fact that they're building a dynasty. I mean, they went out and got Alex Kappa. They went out and got Lyle Collins. They, they definitely improved their offensive line. Yeah, and you Not still only that, they've just been them. going on the up and up. Yeah, because that's what you do. That's what you do when you just became the reigning champs in the Super Bowl. You're not, you're not rebuilding. It's, what, it's like from Gridiron Heights that, uh, that they say about New England, we don't rebuild, we reload. That's what Cincinnati mm-hmm. is taking from New England. Is that's reloading. pretty good. It's not a bad tactic, especially with most of the roster is young. Yeah. Wait, Jake, can I charge my computer for a second if you don't yeah. mind? I'll be right back. Yeah. So I got to set up that charger. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. All right. We have been talking about uh, Tyran Matthew on, on uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Like, uh, I got not much to say much anymore. I just think, like, what he says is, like, an Odell 2.0 is spot on. Yeah, so younger, it really younger is. younger Odell during his glory really days is. in New York. And I still think Odell is still going to be a good receiver. I think just people are waiting to sign him at the moment. I know this isn't one of the topics. I think people are just waiting on signing him because they just want to make sure that the ACL, he has no setbacks in the ACL recovery time, especially with how he tore it in the Super Bowl. He wouldn't be coming back at the earliest until August or September. So teams are doing their doing their due diligence on him, like getting the facts right before trying to make an offer. Will he be back during the season, before the season, or sometime during the season? Yeah, right. I agree with you on that. I think we got it. Yep. All right, now let's go to Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell boxing match. This is so, that sounds awesome. I think it's going to be a huge event. And I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like we've seen Le'Veon Bell over the past year or two, like saying, oh, I want to fight Jake Paul or Logan Paul. He keep, he kept trying to trash talk them. He's been training in his time out of football, boxing to keep himself in shape. This should be a fun one, especially with two running backs of the early 2010s where the top, 
two of the top two running backs in the NFL. It's just sad how Le'Veon Bell kind of flared out once he sat out that whole NFL season back in 2019. He just hasn't been the same. Or wait, wait, no, I'm sorry. That was 2018. That was 2018. He sat out the whole season. It's just yeah. sad that it it all went downhill from there. He went into a crappy system with the New York Jets. Yes, they paid him, but they didn't have the offensive line or the resources and weapons that they had in Pittsburgh that he had in New York. It was just a hard struggle for him. He had a horrible time during his two, two and a half seasons in New York. It was just a hard way to go out for one of the best running backs of his time. Like I remember uh, 28 was at 2017 when he made that unbelievable catch down the sideline against Cincinnati on Monday night football, where he stayed in bounds and everybody thought he stepped out of bounds. It just showed his elusiveness and his footwork that he was able to stay in bounds. We saw him like, you know, hit the hole, hit the hole. And then he would just like, you know, stop, let the blocks develop and then go full speed, right in, right in an attack. Like it was just unbelievable with his footwork and everything. And it's just sad to see how his NFL career was cut short just because of one decision. It's Absolutely. just a hor- horrible way for one of the best running backs of his time to go yeah. out. And sadly, I think he tarnished his opportunity to be an, an NFL Hall of Famer just because of that one season sitting out and then the production that he had after he came back from his year of sitting out of the NFL season. But besides that, with the boxing event, I think it'll be a fun one. We got AP. We got two recognizable running backs, as I mentioned before, of their time. It should be a fun little match. And I think, in all honesty, even though AP AP is a little bit bigger than Le'Veon Bell, a little bit wiser and stuff, I'm going to go with the match. I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell in the win just because he's been training in his time out of football. He's been training for for a year for boxing. I just think with this training and stuff and with this quick feet and everything, he's like, He'll be like something like a little Muhammad, like a young, like a Muhammad Ali with the quick foot, footwork and everything, able to dodge the punches and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go Le'Veon Bell in this fight. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Le'Veon Bell as well. And the fight's on also July 30th. It's going to be very fun to watch. I can't wait to watch it. Now, maybe that's where a lot of people will probably set their draft night, draft night for fantasy football. Hey, let's draft their teams right before the game, right before the fight, and then let's enjoy the fight after we got two two guys that many of us used to fight over for years in fantasy football. Yes, abs- that, that is so true. That is so unbelievably true what you just said <laughs> yeah. about fantasy football. And <laughs> yeah. People yeah, like, fighting what is it, uh... over Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I remember 2017, uh, what is it, with one of my old leagues back when I used to play with my friends. Uh, <laughs> was it, it was funny. I had the second overall pick. I come into the league and most of the guys had been there for a couple seasons. And it's like, my one friend goes, you know what, I'm going to draft. It was a battle. Who was going to be number one, David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell? And then my friend goes, I'm going to take David Johnson. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell. And then I made him pay for it that year because that was the year he broke his wrist in the week one game. And then every, and he's like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> That's the thing about fantasy football. Yeah. You can either love it or you hate it. Yeah, and you right. hate it because injuries like that happen. I don't know. Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. It really is. It really is. But even with the injuries and stuff, you still love playing it. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much fun when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, especially when you see like some of those crazy punishments that some of the leagues do, like the Rotten Tomatoes League, where you get pelted by Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, One of my favorite ones was this one league. They make you lip sync 
lip sync a song. So they made one guy uh, lip sync and recreate uh, Call Me Maybe uh, music video. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's pretty funny. At that point, you don't want to come in last. Like one league made one guy, you pulled the punishment out of a hat and he had to get his legs waxed. That's pretty. <laughs> and then they had Matt Barry. They had Matt Barry come on, do a video, and he's like, "All right, for your punishment, you're gonna have to shave your leg, wax your legs." And I know it's gonna be painful, but thank God I'm not doing it. I mean, like at that point, I wouldn't want to come in last in that league either. It, yeah, it me too. Very competitive. I don't want punishment to that level. I don't want to come last in general. That yeah. I don't want to do. Yeah, no, but then it's like you know, with something like that, like imagine getting your legs shaved. Yeah, that's, and then that, it's like it's a whole thing. Like they it, completely cover your whole leg and then just rip it off. It's a whole nother level of humiliation. Yeah, and then painful. Don't forget painful with waxing. Yeah, yeah man. All right, I think we hit it on the head there. Thank you for the fancy football stuff. Yeah. Uh, now let's go to NFL t- Sunday ticket for sale. This is so interesting because Sunday uh, NFL Sunday ticket has been with direct TV for a very long time. I think this since the 1990s, something, yeah, something like so. that. Like, yeah. Like, I think it's been around that long. It's just crazy. Like I remember when my dad, before he retired from AT&T, uh, it says AT&T had a partnership with direct TV because they bought out wow. direct TV. Sunday ticket gave them a deal. So for all employees, for only one payment of the $34.99, you would get NFL Sunday ticket. And I think they would cut it even more. They you'd only pay 20 bucks for the whole season. Think That's about that. Crazy. How people were paying $34.99. Me and my family were paying one payment of $20 a month every NFL season after they bought direct TV. And it was just great. I remember every Sunday, it's like, you know, after the Bears game or during the Bears game, I'd be flipping between Sunday ticket, watching all the different games just yeah. enjoying myself on Sundays. Like I remember when we used to have student projects in high school, all my friends would be like, we do the project on Sunday and then they would go, Hey, let's go to your house. I'm like, is it just because I have Sunday ticket? They were like, yes. <laughs> so I was yeah. the go-to house for the project. Even with my, even with my football team, we used to hang out on Sundays, like, you know, have breakfast together. And then I would say, Hey, you want to come over to my house and we can watch, we can watch any football game you want. It's like, you know, I don't have to put on just the bears. I can put on Sunday ticket. Yeah, like it was just a fun experience with that time NFL Sunday ticket. I know people buy Red Zone, and then now that I have Xfinity, I've really missed Sunday ticket. I'm just happy that DePaul offers it to us for one payment of, or I think it's like two payments of $34.99 or something like that. I don't remember the price. I know they gave us a little bit of a discount instead of the $34.99 for three payments. I don't remember. I don't remember it. But it's just like, you know, it was good to see it back, but it isn't the same mm-hmm. as having it on direct TV. It should be interesting. Yeah, like a it lot really of should be say, interesting. Like, I remember with my friends, like they have Xfinity and they have NFL Red Zone and they go, why do you pay for Sunday ticket? It's basically Red Zone. I'm like, no, it's not like Red Zone. I said, Red Zone just puts the game on when a team is in within the 20 yard line. Sunday ticket, you could put on, you could put on the game at any moment. Like that's where I say like, and then they didn't realize they're like, wait, wait, that's Sunday ticket. Like people didn't realize like, how great Sunday NFL Sunday ticket is and somebody's going to jump on this opportunity, whether it be they go to themselves. Like I've been seeing rumors that they may just go to their own streaming service platform, which is what Amazon is doing with their Thursday night with the rights to Thursday night football. It wouldn't be a bad idea to just 
break off the partnership with DirecTV and just form their own streaming service because you could get more households and more revenue. I think that's probably what they're going to do, especially with this new age of streaming. I think it's the perfect opportunity for them. Don't sign up with anybody, form your own streaming service. Yeah, Jake, absolutely, man. I agree with you on that. I mean, Apple had been rumored to get Sunday ticket as well. There's so much, there's so much. And NFL, I think NFL is also, they're also going to come out with NFL plus too, which is, which is very interesting. I mean, I can't wait for the whole Sunday ticket saga. I just think that's going to be really interesting. And I can't wait to see who gets it. Yeah. Like I say, I think the best choice for them is form their own streaming service. Don't sign with anybody else where it's only, it's only set for a certain group. Like if they go to Apple, I don't have Apple TV plus. I don't want to pay another $9.99 a month for like, you know, another streaming service that I'm yeah, just yeah, going to be mainly yeah, yeah. using for Sunday ticket form your own streaming service. And that way you hit more households, more people. It's a, just a set group that have this streaming service. Absolutely. Jake. Jake, I agree with you. All right. I think we got it on NFL Sunday ticket. Now yeah. let's go to Pat McAfee, Kenny Pickett. That was a great conversation. They talked about like how, like his approach to being on the Steelers, like what he's going to do how he's going to be a leader there. And yeah. I think it's great to hear. It's a great thing. It was a great pick that they got Kenny Pickett. Yeah. You got a hometown, hometown kid. Most of the Steeler fan base know who he is, especially because he was playing his Saturday home games at Heinz field. You know what you're getting in Kenny Pickett. He is a great young quarterback. Got a, has a great arm kid scramble. We saw him have that big run big run in the ACC championship game with the fake slide that the yeah. college football adapted a new rule that that would be a personal foul if you decide to fake the slide to give him the extra extension. But that was arguably one of the best best plays I've ever seen a quarterback ever do. I've never seen a quarterback do a fake slide and pull it off yeah. where the defense thought he was sliding to get down, stayed up the whole time and still took it to the house. Like that, that just shows how good you were with selling that play that you had the college the college football ranks add a new rule that says that's a personal foul. If you fake the slide to go down. Yeah, absolutely. As a leader quarterbacks in the NFL are usually the leaders. They are the captains of the offense. They're the guys in charge. We are seeing many of these young quarterbacks starting to step up as leaders. I think that is a great approach for him because you went over the respect of your offense and they will try and do everything for you. Like look at last year with Justin Fields, when he was a rookie, like standing up as a leader in the, in the huddle, we saw multiple guys like, you know, he would call guys out talking in the huddle. Some of those veterans on that offensive line and in that offense, they all respected him. And then look, that respect was shown in that Monday night game against Minnesota when he was hit out of bounds and the officials decided not to throw a personal foul on the guy for the late hit out of bounds. And then Tevin Jenkins, a rookie, comes in out of nowhere and just shoves him, shoves Everson Griffin after that hit and he just like you know starts telling him like you know stay off my quarterback and then Justin Fields was asked after that game like did you think it was a bad idea for Tevin Jenkins to commit that personal foul he said no 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 he's my dog like he was saying because he respected him because he was protecting his quarterback he was just yeah. doing what he's supposed to in that situation like I know it cost him 15 yards but in that situation you got to protect your quarterback if the officials aren't going to protect the quarterback 
Like right, that's right. what a young leader can do, especially with somebody like Kenny Pickett. You win over those veterans, they will do stuff like that for you. Your offensive line will protect you for as long as they can. If somebody hits you out of bounds, they'll be willing to take a flag for you. Yeah. Also, Kenny Pickett, also he also wears two gloves, and he had done it ever since that Carolina game, that North Carolina game. He had worn two gloves as a quarterback. And another thing, uh, there was the possibility of him living with Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, I think he was going to reach out to Ben Roethlisberger and touch base with him on that, which was very interesting as well. Just, I think it's going to be uh, it's great for Kenny Pickett. He's uh, he has, he's surrounded by great people in that Steelers organization. I think they can help him develop as much as possible. Yeah, and then like, look, he has a bridge, a good bridge quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky, who's been in the situation mm-hmm. that Kenny Pickett has been in. He's been that QB in waiting, and he knows, like you know, Mitch knows his time is short, and he's gonna take, he's gonna take as much advantage as at the time in uh, Pittsburgh. But he shouldn't do like what some of the other quarterbacks have done in the past, like you know, not really help out the rookie. Like we've seen, uh, what's we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was in Miami with Tua Tagovailoa. He knew his time was numbered. But what makes Ryan Fitzpatrick a great quarterback and a great mentor is as soon as they drafted him, the first time he met Tua, he gave him his phone number and he told him, you can ask me anything. Like, that's what Mitch needs to do in this situation. You need to build that trust with that rookie. Like, you know, your time is short, but take advantage of it because you never know. It could lead to another starting opportunity. We could see like something like maybe Seattle decides to move on from Drew Locke, say Drew Locke and Geno Smith are are starting quarterbacks for the moment until we find a new, a nice, a new young quarterback. We could see something in Carolina. We can't get Baker Mayfield. We could maybe go try and get Mitchell Trubisky. You could see New York giants. It's like we could get another bridge quarterback if they decide to move on from Daniel Jones, like this opportunity, even for Mitch is big. Like it could show how he is as a true person. Like we saw with this time in Chicago, we saw, um, I'm sorry. I know a lot of Bears fans will probably agree, like reading the stories now. He got screwed in Chicago. Yeah. The old regime screwed him. Yeah. Jake, I agree with you about the old regime for sure. Yeah. It's just sad. It's just sad to see a a young quarterback like we saw him in 2019 have that big season. And sadly, it came up short with the double doink. And then the next season, Mm like with uh, Matt Nagy, when we saw with the offense that he wasn't playing a system to his strength that Bill Lazor took over and you said, oh, we're going to run RPO. And then look at what Mitch was able to do in that RPO system, something similar that he ran in North Carolina. The, Be- the Bears regime never made an offense that was comfortable to Mitch's strengths. And that's what makes a quarterback so good is if you build an offensive yeah. system to his strength. Even last year with Justin Fields, they weren't running RPO. They weren't running that. They weren't letting him use his legs and stuff. Like we saw that great, that great run that he had against the 49ers when it was fourth and one, it was a busted play. And then he just realized I'm going to bootleg it to the other side. And look, he took it for a touchdown. You got to do build an offensive system to guys strengths, which is what's going to make them successful, which is what I think Pittsburgh will do with Kenny Pickett. You're going to use his strengths. He's got a strong arm. He can use his legs. You got to build an RPO style offense, which is something similar to what he ran in Pittsburgh, especially with Saturdays. You can literally sit the front office execs of the Pittsburgh Steelers could literally sit in their executive suites at Heinz field and watch him play 
on Saturdays for home games for Pittsburgh. They know what he's all about. And I think yeah. they will have an offensive system set for him. And it's a similar system to what they can run with Mitch Trubisky and RPO style system. Yeah, Jake, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Like I said earlier, the Steelers have great coaches. They have a great environment. They can really help him grow as much as possible. Yeah, and he's a hometown hero. It's just a perfect situation. Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to love him, and then Pitt fans will even show up to the games because they don't have to travel far to see him play again. Yeah, I agree. All right, I think we hit it on the head. Now let's go to uh, Pat McAfee and Darius Butler on Golden Tate saying that Daniel Jones hasn't had a fair chance to succeed in the NFL. And I agree with Golden Tate. I love what they said about that statement, about what Golden Tate said. I love that whole thing. And Golden Tate's absolutely right. uh, Daniel Jones had to go through a lot of uh, coaching changes, he said to um, he said a rough offensive line. He's he's had to go through a lot, and I mean, you have Brian Dable coming in. I think he can help Daniel Jones a lot. Oh yeah, I think so. He brought his quarterbacks coach as his offense coordinator from Buffalo. It's just like with Daniel Jones, I completely agree with what they were saying. He never had a fair shot. It is tough going through multiple coaching changes, multiple different offensive coordinators. Like you saw uh, Jason Garrett last year get fired yeah, yeah, after yeah. the season. It's just hard. It is hard to go through multiple different systems. And he never yeah. was put in a system for him to succeed. And what's also not, what's also with the old front office of the New York Giants, they never built an offense that could succeed around him. Like you said, they neglected to invest in the offensive line, which is what they did this past mm-hmm. draft, the past couple drafts with drafting with drafting offensive linemen in the first round, as we saw this year with Evan Neal, they've been investing in their yes. offensive line. Saquon Barkley hasn't been able to stay healthy. Their yeah, big name yeah. signings in that like Galladay wasn't able to stay healthy last year and missed most of the season. It's just hard to succeed when it's like, you know, your weapons can't stay healthy. You can't blame Daniel Jones for that. That is out of his control. And he was trying his hardest. Like we saw, we saw against Dallas last year, like that massive concussion that he had where he was just walking. He didn't know where the hell he was. It's just, it's just horrible. Like you feel bad for the guy that is just, yeah, like, you do. He's, been, he's been in a horrible system. Like I remember watching that hit and I was like, Oh my God. I said like, he's concussed. I said, he, I said, he doesn't know where the heck, where he is right now. And then he just fell down. Like you could yeah. tell right away after that hit, he didn't know where the heck he was. He was out of it. Like yeah, you just feel for the guy. Like, he, you just feel for the guy that's just been, that's how bad his system is. Like that hit at Dallas basically defined his entire career in New York. They don't know what the heck they were doing with him. Like, yeah, that's so and true. It's, and it's just like, you know, now finally he has an opportunity with a, a great offensive minded coach who has worked with quarterbacks. He turned Josh Allen into a great, him and his QB's coach turned Josh Allen into a great, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's like, Hopefully Saquon is able to stay healthy all year because we saw like in that big game and that upset over uh, over the New Orleans Saints, he threw four touchdowns in that game, and then two of them, one of them was a great was a breakout breakout pass on a screen to Saquon Barkley 
if Barkley, I think, I think the X factor for his career is if Barkley could stay healthy, he's been his like safety blanket. He's been a safety blanket in that offense. I think if Barkley's able to stay healthy, he could go back to what he did, Absolutely. what he did back in 2018, 2019. That will be the difference maker for Daniel Jones and whether they decide to extend him or not. I think yeah, the Jake, I absolutely agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. And what's also unfortunate is that uh, Daniel Jones has lost the ball a lot, which is really unfortunate. I mean, as long as you can keep the ball, I think yeah. it's good. Well, it's kind of hard with that offense with an offensive line. Like last year, he didn't yeah, fumble yeah. the ball as much as he did in the past. He didn't really turn the ball over too much, but it's just like, it's hard with no offensive line especially with a young guy, like even when he first came into the league, he had a good rookie year, but then the problem was that turnover issues. He had 12 interceptions and lost eight fumbles, like to, to 32 touchdowns. Like that's the problem with him. It's just that fumbling issue, but it's kind of hard to hold on to the ball, especially when the offensive line breaks down so quickly. And it's like, you're about to throw the pass. And then like, I've, I've always taught guys in football, the easiest, the easiest way to get the sack is that strip sack. Just if he puts the ball out like this, knock the ball down like that's the problem with it by the time the pocket collapses he's about to throw it he's got his arm up like that smart defensive linemen are going to be I'm just going to whack the ball I'm not going to even try and hit him I'm just going to go for the ball I'm going to get my sack and get a forced fumble that was the problem with him the pocket would just collapse hopefully yeah I know Dabble Dable or Brian Dable will create a good offense for him I think you need to run more short passes get the ball out of his hands quicker instead of like and then maybe now every now and then go for the deep shot yeah well Jake you need a strong organization to be successful you really need a strong organization yes and I think what they built now in New York with the new general manager and a new offensive-minded coach I think Daniel Jones was something to prove and he will be successful this year. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> yeah, me too. And every, and everything uh, Pat McAfee and Darius Butler said about the, about having a, a solid culture. They're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes change is necessary and New York realized it was time for a change. I think he's going to prove it this year. I really do think he's going to prove it. And like I said before, the X factor is can Saquon stay healthy and return to his old form? If he does, Daniel Jones will be successful and he will get extended. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. All right. I think it's a good <laughs> point. Now let's go to George Kittle says that Debo Samuel should chase his money. And I agree with uh, George Kittle on that. Um, even if it means leaving San Francisco, he should do Debo Samuel should do it. Yeah. I mean, we saw last year with him as a wide receiver and a running back hybrid, he was able to be, was able to be deadly in that system. Like we even saw teams like Minnesota put Justin Jefferson in the backfield, something like a Debo Samuel, they weren't handing him off the ball, but they were running those H back angle routes out of the backfield because he got a elite route runner running against some of those outside linebackers and middle linebackers. They can't keep up with him. And when he makes that cut, they can't, they can't re they can't balance themselves to make up for that cut. And it's just, with him, I understand why he wants to chase the money. And it's like George Kittle understands. It's looking like the 49ers don't want to give him the money. 
I mean, yeah. he's a little bit of an older wide receiver. He's just about to get his first extension at 28, 29 years old. It's he's a little bit older. Yes, but he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL currently. Absolutely. Especially with that weapon. Like look at what they did in the 49ers offensive system. They turned him into a, a Swiss army knife, like type. They player. did. They sure did. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to keep him when you have a young wide receiver young quarterback and Trey Lance, it always helps to have weapons. Like, yes, you have George Kittle, but why, why doesn't it hurt to have another weapon like a Debo right. Samuel? It, it makes no sense. It's, it'll benefit him for the long term because he has two reliable receivers. He's got Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. He's got a backs by committee system, which is what the 49ers have always ran. You have one lead running back, but then you use the second and third backs as like pass catchers and then the change of pace back. It's the perfect system. Yes, they've lost a couple of their offensive linemen to retirement and free agency this offseason. But still, mm -hmm. that the defense is there. It's like, don't you want to try and win with Trey Lance? It's like, why yes, wouldn't you, you want to try and extend Debo? Because it gives him another weapon. But I And I do understand where it's like he wants to chase the money. Like what we mentioned earlier, like Devontae Adams chased the money and signed with the Las Vegas Raiders, Tyree Kill got traded to the Miami Dolphins and got the money that he wanted. Like George yes. Kittle was right. If it doesn't, if the money isn't here in San Francisco, you should chase it and see if somebody else will give you the money you want. Yeah, Jake, I absolutely agree with you on that for sure. Yeah, I really, I really 100%. agree with you on that for sure. Here, I'll be right back. All right, cool. I'll see you soon. All right, sorry about that. I'm back. No, you're all good. Yeah. No, so what was I talking about with this money? Yeah, like just, especially with this offseason, like just find a team that will be willing to pay it to you if the 49ers aren't willing to do it, which is looking like they aren't going to be willing to do it. I just think that the best case scenario would be for him possibly if he wants to get the money that he deserves, especially for his production, would be to leave the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that, Jake. All right. I think we hit it on the head. Now let's go to Broncos believe in Baron Browning's ability to be a pass rusher. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of this, of the Broncos believing in that. Uh, the Broncos moved him to outside linebacker. And I think it's a great decision. He's a really solid linebacker. Yeah, especially like if you want to turn him into a pass rusher, never hurts to have the outside linebacker, especially with the three, four front 
where you could bring up, turn into a four, three by using one of your outside linebackers mm-hmm. as one of the defensive ends. It'll be a great opportunity for him. I think he'll be fine as a pass rusher and let's see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's see what he can do. I can't wait for it. Uh, best of luck to Baron Browning as a outside linebacker. I think we nailed it on that. All right. Now let's go to Osi Umeniora trying to find future NFL stars in Africa. And this is great. I mean, I mean, him going to another continent to find to find NFL talent. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. Like we've seen guys like Michael Dickinson, the punter for uh for the Seattle Seahawks. He's Australian. Cairo Santos, the kicker for the Chicago Bears, is is from Brazil. It's just a great opportunity mm-hmm. of inclusion in the NFL, especially with now trying to move into a to a continent like Africa. We've seen the NBA get many different players from their NBA academies in Africa. We've seen college basketball get guys from the NBA academies in New Zealand, Africa, even Mexico. They got guys coming in from the NBA academies in Mexico. It's just a great age of what many different college and NFL and professional teams are trying to do. They're trying to create this inclusion and giving guys an opportunity. You never know who might be the next great that could come out of the next continent. We ne- we don't know what could happen. We could find a uh, superstar in the in Africa and try and teach them how to play football. It's an, football is starting to become popular across the world, and it's just going to give a great opportunity for some of these young young men to get out of their living conditions and give them a chance at giving them a chance, a second chance at life. Really, it's like it's going to change their lives forever if they get an opportunity to come over here and play college football and have an opportunity to make the NFL. It'll change their lives forever. I think O.C. Umanua is doing something great, not just for himself, but for humanity. It's giving these guys a chance to get out of impoverished living conditions and get a chance to make money and then one day bring their families out of those impoverished countries and giving them a chance to live the life that they deserve, their sacrifice for them. And then his opportunity, these kids' opportunities, these young men's opportunities to come over to the U.S. and try and play football or even any other sport. Yeah, Jake, absolutely. Forever. Yeah. Also, Umaniora had also sent uh, scouts to Nigeria, South Africa, and Ghana. That's where, yeah, it's, it's really nice to see that. It really uh, is. It really is. Like we've seen, like even in the college ranks, we've been seeing a huge uptake in like teams taking opportunities on international prospects. Like I know we have a pipeline with Canada, but it's it doesn't hurt to build a pipeline with Africa, some of the European countries, maybe even the South American and Central American countries. It never hurts to build a pipeline with those countries to say like, hey, we can give you your, this guy that we see has talent. Let us bring him over to the U.S., I give him an opportunity to try and excel at the next level and maybe try and make the professional sports leagues. It, it never hurts to create that pipeline. Yeah, Jake, absolutely. I mean, the more you can expand, the better it is. Yes, it is. And on that point, we wrap up this topic. All right. Now let's go to Melvin Gordon. The third says that 
Broncos running backs will go crazy. And I think that's a great point that he's making there. I mean, yeah. he had that backfield tandem of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon III, which was, which was amazing last season. I, th- I can't wait to see more of those two playing together, I think, especially with Russ as well. It's going to be fantastic to see. Yeah, it's like he's never had running backs like this since Marshawn Lynch was in his prime in Seattle for Russell Wilson. I think with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, they've proven themselves as a great dynamic one-two punch, probably to the likes of something like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in Mm -hmm. Cleveland. You got a great one-two punch. You got a veteran proven running back in Melvin Gordon who could still produce eight, 900 yards. And then you got Javante Williams who could do the same thing. What team could do that where they could have two guys that could easily run for a hundred yards each night, week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to help Russ because he's always been in a system that's been a run first pass second style offense, having a one, two punch in the running backs, especially with the offense that he's played at since his time in the NFL, it'll just benefit him. He has, It'll just benefit him in the new system in Denver. It'll benefit Denver to help Russ set up the play action on the deep ball with Jerry Judy mm-hmm. and Portland Sutton. It should be fun watching this Denver offense. Yeah, I, I'm, I think it's going to be super fun to watch this Denver offense. It's going to be super fun to watch them for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And then it's going to be fun week one. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be tuning into Russ's return to Seattle. That was great by the NFL, the design his return week yeah, one opener it, it was, Monday Night it, was. Football. it really it was, was for sure all right i think we got it there now let's go to joe mixon said that the Bengals might be the hottest thing smoking in the nfl on sundays and i think it's great that he said that i love the confidence i love the confidence in his team joe mixon's a fantastic running back and i can't wait to see more of him and the Bengals. Uh, I can't wait to see uh, more of him and the Bengals playing some great football. Yeah, like we where we were talking about earlier with Jamar Chase being like an Odell 2.0, a young Odell in his prime. Like I mentioned before, they got a great young core. Joe Mixon is still in his prime. He's still able to produce 1,000-yard seasons rushing, even with injuries hurting him a little bit. He's still able to break off those big gains. He's still got a lot left in the tank. You still got great wide receivers with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. You got a great, you got a pretty decent defense, not the best defense, but a good enough defense to get you stops, force turnovers, get sacks. They got a good young core that can repeat itself for years to come. They will be Super Bowl contenders for years to come. And the front office of the Cincinnati Bengals realize this, and they're going all in to win now instead of waiting later to win. Because even after that Super Bowl loss this past February, they are still investing to try to be Super Bowl contenders for years to come. Right, right. Very true. All right. Uh, Best of luck to Joe Mixon and the Bengals. Also, best of luck to uh, Melvin the Gordon III and the Broncos and Baron Browning. And best of luck to them as well. So... Yeah. All right. I think we got it there. Now let's go to Johnu Smith on Mac Jones. Uh, I think it's great what Johnu Smith had said about Mac Jones. 
and uh, not only is Mac Jones growing as a quarterback, uh, Johnny Smith will continue to help him out in the in the passing game. I just think that Patriots organization is going to going to continue to get better. Oh yeah, no, I mean they're going to be fine with Daniel Jones. I'm sorry, Mac Jones. Sorry, Alabama quarterback. They got him set for years to come. They have one of his former teammates in at running back, Damian Harris, who's been a who just came out of nowhere and became the RB one for the. New England Patriots. You got a young wide receivers in Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. You have a great tight end, tight end duo of Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. It just helps out a young quarterback with having one tight end. But think about having two tight ends who have both been the number one tight ends throughout most of their NFL career. It just helps them having that reliable receiver. Jacoby Myers is a great weapon on the outside. Forget who they who did they trade this past offseason. I know they got a decent wide receiver that could be a wide receiver one A or one B. I forget who they made that trade for. Who was it? Was it? No, no, no. It wasn't Edwards on the. Oh, was it Devonte Parker? Yes, De- that's it. It was Devonte Parker. Yeah, 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 I think he'll help. He'll help with. Yeah, he's going to help them a lot. Yeah, and they didn't give up much for him because it's like. He hasn't really proven himself, but it's like it's just been hard in that Miami Dolphins system. I mean, you just drafted Jalen Waddle, used to be high, behind Jarvis Landry, and then they traded Jarvis Landry to the Browns. And then a few years later, they replaced, they get a new receiver in Jalen Waddle, and then Tua played with him in college. So he trusts Jalen a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm... And then now with the signing of Tyreek Hill, why would you keep him? Because you're not going to move Parker or Waddle into the slot. I know Jalen Waddle lined up a lot in the slot during his time at Alabama, but he's more of the on the running sideline to sideline on the along the sidelines using that break back breaking speed and burners to beat you on the deep ball down the sideline. Yeah, I think absolutely. Parker, absolutely. Change of scenery will help him out a lot. It'll help out Mac Jones. It'll help out that young Patriots offense. And the defense is still a pretty decent, decent group. They're getting older, so they're trying to win now. They're trying to win another Super Bowl before they start giving up some of those veterans. Yeah, like, absolutely. Even now, you've still got a great core on the offense. Just you got to find some younger guys in the defense, and you'll be fine. You'll fill the dynasty for years to come, like what they had with Brady, Gronk, Julian Edelman, all those guys. Right, right. Also, there's an article by Kevin Potro in the NFL, and it says Patriots tight end Johnny Smith on QB Mac Jones. He's just got so much ability and so much dog in him. I think, and it also says in the, the that's what the article's titled. And it says in the article, New England Patriots players continue to hype quarterback Mac Jones as we, is it, yeah, careen toward the 2022 season joining NFL networks. Good morning football on Monday. Tight end John Smith joined the chorus, praising the young quarterback's mental approach. Honestly, man, it, just the way he can turn it on Smith said of the QB Mac is definitely one of the most goofiest guys in the locker room, to be honest, man. But when he steps on that field, he's a different character. He's just got so much ability and so much dog in him. Once he flips that switch, he's a whole different character. Some guys don't know how to cut that, on and cut that off when it's 
time to do it. He's so young. He's, he's poised. He's got a little swagger to him. Man, I'm glad he's throwing his passes. That's my guy. <laughs> that's, that's, great great. By, that's great stuff by Johnny Smith. Yeah, it's great to hear from somebody like Janu who's had who played alongside Tannehill during his time in uh, Tennessee, especially mm-hmm. to say that to a young quarterback. That is great praise. He's going to be a great leader for them. They found the replacement for Brady, and it's just going to be fun to see what his NFL career does in New England. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for that. Uh, best of luck to Janu Smith and Mac Jones and the Patriots. All right. I think we have Bruce Arians talks about new role Buccaneers. It's great. That's uh, great that Bruce Arians has his new role. He had said that it's a, what do you think kind of role? And it's great because he was a solid coach for the Buccaneers. Now Todd Bowles, the former excellent, he was a former defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers who was, excellent and is a huge reason why the Bucks defense held Kansas City to nine friggin' points in that Super Bowl. Do you know how insane that is? Yeah, especially with one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL. And Todd Bowles, now he gets an opportunity to have a roster, have a winning culture. Like, yes, he was the former head coach of the New York Jets, but he just didn't have the weapons. He didn't have the core of the weapons and the defense that he has in Tampa Bay. It's like a perfect, it was a perfect opportunity for him to redeem himself. And look, that hard work paid off when Bruce Arians retired. Absolutely. They decided to hire within and they got, they decided to go with the guy. Like, yes, you have Brian Leftwich, but they went with the guy that has head coaching experience, which I think Byron Leftwich will get his shot soon as an NFL head coach. He will, he will. He's, still, he's going to get his shot. Jake, I absolutely agree with you. Byron Leftwich is an excellent offensive coordinator who definitely deserves a head coaching job. Oh, he'll get one. He is going to get one. I yeah, think like will. what is it? Pete Carroll decides to retire within the coming years. I think Seattle would be the perfect choice for him, especially with them when they're going to try and draft their next young quarterback after Russell Wilson's departure this past year. Yes. Yeah. I think it would be a perfect opportunity for him to build a nice young quarterback. And then Bruce Arians with this what do you think role? It's, it's a little bit easier for him, especially like we've seen before he retired, he retired during his time in Arizona due to health concerns. It's just better for his health. Now that he's a front office exec, he does have this, he does have the stress about the weekly game plans. Like, what am I going to do with the, what do you guys think about doing this, that it's a little bit lesser of a workload for him and it's better for his health. And he doesn't need to come back into coaching anymore. He's won his super bowl. He's yeah. Good. He has nothing left to prove. He's been proving himself as one of the most underrated quarterback. I'm sorry, head coaches that got his first gig at such an old age, at such an old age that he has nothing left to prove. It's like with Jay Wright from college basketball this year, why he retired after 21 season seasons at Nova. He has nothing left to prove. He has nothing left to prove. Right, either. right. It's just great for his health. He can enjoy himself working in the front office and he's going to be rooting for his team's success. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's all, it's just great that Todd Bowles is the head coach. He's, he was a hell of a defensive coordinator. Yes. Yeah. He's a great defensive minded. Like, yes, he got burned in that cover zero in the, in the divisional round against the uh, Rams. He got blown in that zero coverage, but he took the chance. Like, I don't, 
pin that against him. It's like you're trying to get a stop. You yeah, try yeah, and yeah. go cover zero. It's like it just sadly backfired on him. But in that situation, it wasn't the wasn't a bad idea to try cover zero in that in that divisional round game on the yeah, deep ball yeah, yeah. Cooper Cup. It it yes, it hurt him, but it's like still in that situation, you got to gamble. You got to take right, the right, right, right. You got to take. You do have chance. to gamble. Yeah, you got to get the quarterback, especially with the timeouts and stuff. With no timeouts left, you got to stop him on that on that down. Yeah, it, sadly it backfired. But I think with these weapons and stuff, he will have success. He will have success as a head coach. This is something that he's never had with New York, with the Jets during his time in right, New York. Right. He right. never had this kind of core, these kinds of weapons, and this defense. He'll be fine. He will be fine as a head coach again. Absolutely. I I. I couldn't agree with you more. <clears throat> All right. Now let's go to Justin Herbert says that the Chargers have to put together a full season for us to play the football we want to. This is great. Um, I think the Chargers are in a really good spot. I think they're in a really good spot to do well this year. Yes. I mean, they're par- arguably in the best division of football where we could see like possibly I've been saying this for months. I think the whole AFC West can make the playoffs, all of them, all four of those teams. With that competition level, you got Russell Wilson in Denver. You got Mahomes still in Kansas City. You got the Chargers making all those upgrades, upgrades on the defense with the Khalil Mack trade from the Chicago Bears. That only helps their defense. You got two great pass rushers in Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. It's going to be fun to watch him. I mean, I know Bears fans were sad to see him go, but I think it was time. It was time. He was great when he was healthy, but he just couldn't stay healthy in Chicago. Yeah. And look, look at what Robert Quinn just did last year. He broke the sacks record. Many people thought Khalil Mack would break Richard Dent's sack record. Instead, it was Robert Quinn that broke the sack record. Yeah. I think props to Robert Quinn for doing that. Yep. And then even with the, um, and I forgot the Las Vegas Raiders for a second with their upgrades with Devontae Adams and then many, mm-hmm. many great defensive players deciding to come over to Las Vegas after the trade for Devontae Adams. Like arguably we could see that whole division make the playoffs. Even yeah, with the absolutely. expansion, it, it's just crazy to think about that, that a whole division can make, can easily make the NFL playoffs. Yeah, Jake, absolutely. That would be nuts if it happened, but. Oh yeah, it would be nuts, but. It, it, it looks like a reality. Like that's one of the, probably the bold predictions that many people are going to say the whole AFC West will make the playoffs. Yeah. I agree with you about that. All yeah, I'm right. going to make this bold prediction right here. It's not going to be Kansas city that wins the AFC West. Really? I think it's going to be either Las Vegas or the chargers. Yeah. That's what I'm, I had Las Vegas so far as well i'm still kind of revising my predictions for who's going to win what division yeah but i mean right it's, now i have i think i have the raiders at the top yeah because just because of those the offense the upgrades you got Devonte adams you got hunter renfro you got darren waller josh jacobs Derek carr you got josh mcdaniels as their new head coach who is a great offensive-minded coach and will he will have some tricks up his sleeve with that offense he's got a great offense the defense is getting there it's getting there it'll be fun san diego or i'm sorry las vegas as we mentioned earlier with the chargers they didn't put together a full season as we saw multiple times in some of their games last year it should be fun to watch the chargers now you got a defense you still got all those weapons you got eckler 
Mike Williams and yes. Keenan Allen. They're still looking for another tight end after Hunter Henry decided last offseason to go sign with the uh, New England Patriots. But with this next year's draft class, with the great, with the heavy tight end class, I think next year is where they find their tight end for the future. Herbert is going to be fine in that offense. It's going to be fun watching the AFC West. I think like that's going to be the best division for football this year. Right. Absolutely. I can't wait for that. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. All right. Now let's go to Miles Sanders says that the Eagles uh, feel like we're on an all-star team. And like the Chargers, the Eagles are in a great position to win. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. The Eagles will win the NFC East this year. Oh, yeah, I could totally see it, especially like with Dallas, like losing a lot of their guys in free agency. We saw Lyle Collins go to the Cincinnati Bengals. We saw them trade Amari Cooper. Yeah, you still got C.D. Lamb and you were able to keep Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup. But Zeke, I don't know what's been going on with Zeke for the past few years. Like, it's just been crazy. And then Pollard's production has been going up in that offensive system. Yeah. Prescott, you, he can't do risk like another ankle foot fracture is what he had in 2020. He can't be risking that anymore. So they, he doesn't scramble as much as he used to. And that offensive line is going to be kind of shaky at best next year. Yeah. The defense is still there. That was able to force a lot of turnovers, but still, I think that Amari Cooper is going to hurt them a little bit. Like, yeah, Michael Gallup's still there, but you don't have a guy like Cooper, a bigger body receiver who's a burner. C.D. Lamb is a burner, but he doesn't have the body. He doesn't have the size and built like Amari Cooper. He's not a big-bodied receiver. He's just going to beat you with his speed. Yeah. That's where I think, like, yeah, with the Eagles upgrades with A.J. Brown and all the running backs with Miles Sanders, Kenneth Greenwall, and Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. They still have Dallas Goddard in that offense. The defense, they've returned most of that defensive core. It's not a bad defense overall. You play the Giants twice in the season. You play the Commanders twice. And then you got to just steal one from Dallas. They could easily win that division. Yeah, Especially with that offense. And then I, I think now, I think they're trying to go all in to try and see, is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback, which is why they upgrade the offense this year. I think this is the prove it year for Jalen Hurts. And I think he's going to prove it. Like, yeah, yeah he only threw 16 touchdowns last year. But think about this. He ran in eight touchdowns. It's like, where, where are you going to get? quarterback with that kind of production we haven't seen a guy like that since cam newton right and I, right. i've been saying like you know jalen hurts is not a bad quarterback he's not going to be like you know your franchise guy but he's going to be your serviceable quarterback that can turn into a franchise quarterback yeah i think and, jalen hurts is the franchise guy yeah he fits the offense perfectly yes, they let him run does. the ball on the goal line they let him make smart decisions yeah his accuracy has been iffy But I think now with the addition of A.J. Brown, it's going to help him get a reliable target Mm -hmm. and still having Dallas Goddard. It's going to be having reliable targets for him to hit in stride, and they will come down with the ball. I think that what will help with his accuracy issues is having a guy like A.J. Brown, which he's never had in his time in in Philly. He's never had a guy to A.J. Brown's caliber of a guy like, get me the ball. I will will get you that first down. I will get you that touchdown. I will make a play. You hit me. He's never had that guy. I agree with you on that. That'll help him. And it's great that Miles Sanders said that. It's just, it's a great 
it's a great yeah. uh, morale booster. It's just, yeah, a, it's, it's like just what a, the, how the locker room is feeling. They feel they can compete again. They feel they can make the playoffs again. And this time try and get a home playoff game instead of going to Tampa Bay in the first round. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, best of luck to the Eagles. Uh, best of luck to Miles Sanders and the Eagles, for sure. Yep. Best of luck to Justin Herbert and the Chargers, too. All right, I think we got it. All right, now let's go to Sam Howell embraces backup role well. That's good. This is good news in general. Um, it's nice to embrace your role. It is always nice. And he knows his time will come. Especially yeah, yeah. with like I don't know what what the situation will be with Carson Wentz. He like Sam Howell was projected first round pick at the beginning of the season, but then he had two straight shaky seasons in North Carolina where he was supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks, a Heisman hopeful. And then I, I just don't know what happened in the past two years. Like he's been shaky. He was shaky all last year. He wasn't like doing the stuff that we saw his first two years in at university at the University of North Carolina. I think he'll be fine in the backup role because they're not going to rush him to be their franchise guy. We're not, they're not looking to rush him right away and start him. Like we've been seeing, I don't know if you've been reading the rumors with the commanders. They've been saying that uh, the running back for uh, that they drafted from Alabama Robinson, they're saying that he might be RB one. He may be beating out uh, or be splitting time with uh, what's his name? Uh, Antonio Gibson. Oh, and then JD McKissick is the change of pace back. Like they've been saying, like he's been yeah. lining up as RB one sometimes. Robinson, which is crazy, a six round pick, has been lining up as RB one. Like it's just crazy. But I think with Howell, it's nice to hear that he's accepting his role as we mentioned before. His time will come. I don't know if it'll be this season or next year or in the coming few seasons. And we might be seeing something like a Jordan Love just being stuck behind Wentz for a few seasons to learn learn the system and stuff. And then he'll get his shot. I think that's what they're aiming to do, hopefully, with Wentz, is to try and use him for, like, a couple seasons before they throw in Sam Howell. Jake, I absolutely agree with you on that. I absolutely agree. <clears throat> All right. Now let's go to Amari Cooper embraces leadership role with Browns. Uh, I think this is, this is great. I think it's a great signing that the Browns made to – it's nice that they got Amari Cooper. And I think he's going to help Cleveland out a lot. Yes, he will. They've been, they've been looking for that Odell, that what Odell was supposed to be during his time in uh, Cleveland to be that, that other guy lining up next to Jarvis Landry. I think Amari Cooper gives him, like, as I mentioned before, a big bodied receiver. He's got speed. Who's ever playing quarterback next year? It'll help to have two great wide receivers on the outside. You have David Njoku. As the tight end, you got Nick Chubb as your running back. When in passing situations, you're throwing Kareem Hunt. And then as that change of pace back, like he will have success in that Cleveland Browns offense. And it's yeah. a great offensive. It's a pass first style offense with Nick Chubb in the backfield sets up the play action. He will be fine. He will be back to putting producing the numbers that he used to back in Oakland when he was in Oakland and then his first few seasons in Dallas before CD lamb came over to Dallas. I think he will be very successful in Cleveland, regardless of who's under center. It will give him that, that veteran alongside Jarvis Landry Jarvis Landry is more of a, a burner. Amari is a deep ball guy. It's like, you know, I'll jump over the corner 
to catch the pass, as we saw with that great little little fade route uh, on Sunday Night Football this past season when they won in the closing seconds of the game over the Minnesota Vikings, where he made that great, great jump ball catch on a little, little goal line fade over the corner. Like that's what he's going to bring to Cleveland. That guy that here, throw, throw me a jump ball. I'll jump over the corner. I will come down with the catch, which is what they haven't had besides David Njoku over the middle. It'll help them with the guy like that running side, running down the sideline. It'll be great for them. It's going to be fun to see him in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Yeah. Jake, you also have Donovan Peoples-Jones, too. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about the, I totally forgot about him, too. Like, another another good young receiver. And I think it'll help him having two, not just one veteran in the locker room, two veterans in the locker room. It'll help him. It never hurts to have multiple veterans, especially with guys that have been able to produce, like Amari Cooper and Jarvis Landry. Donovan Peoples-Jones. And it's going to be nice for him. He could focus more on the return game and then be that guy in the slot. Like, you know, Hey, I'm the burner. Give me, you want to take a chance. You want to take a deep ball shot, hit me in stride. It'll be fun to watch Donovan Peoples Jones. It'll help his development as he's not going to be rushing. They're going to be rushing his production. They're going to let him take his time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I think it's a really good situation in Cleveland. I mean, well, uh, there's other stuff that has to get settled. There is other stuff that has to happen first. But I think hopefully the situation in Cleveland can get better. Oh, it will. It probably will. Regardless yeah. of who's under center, the offense will be fine. Who's ever yeah. going to be the quarterback? He's got weapons. Yes. Also, I think we're good on this topic. Yeah. All right. Now let's go to Kareem Hunt says he is 100% that says that he is 100% healthy, which is great news. I'm happy for him. Um, hopefully he can have an excellent season in the 2022 to 2023 NFL season. Yeah, he was great during his time with the when he was healthy on the field. We saw him break off that big run against the Bears. I mean, it broke Absolutely. a lot of Bears fan, Bears hearts, but it showed that he still got some stuff left in the tank. And it's like he said that he wants to stay in Cleveland, which I think is great. He's formed a great one-two punch with uh, Nick Chubb. And it's Absolutely. like really helped him. And it's like, why would you want to leave? You're, you've accepted your role. You have a great role. It's like, you know, you want to be that back that gets like, you know, 20, 30 touches a game. You get like, you know, your 15, 20 touches a game. Nick Chubb gets his 20, 25 touches a game. And you're perfectly fine. Your role is set your role is set and you're still rushing for like 50, 60, sometimes even 70 yards or sometimes both of them are running for a hundred yards. Some weeks it's the perfect role for him. And it's just helped him. I think they're going to give him like, you know, probably, I think they'll probably sign him this year. Hopefully they'll give him the extension, probably eight or nine mil since they're investing 14, $15 million into Nick Chubb. I would just think like eight or nine is more than reasonable for Kareem Hunt, especially if you want to keep him in the offensive system and have that two-headed monster in the backfield. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. <clears throat> and another great Browns player, Dearness Johnson, he's been really good. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I think that, since you mentioned him, that might be the X factor of whether they decide to sign Kareem Hunt or not, because Kareem Hunt is 27 years old. Dearness Johnson is in his early 20s. It's 
it just really depends on what they want to do. Do they want to go with the veteran or do they want to go with the younger guy that's been productive during his time as a starting running back? It really comes down to what they want to do. I think that might be the X factor of whether they decide to sign Kareem Hunt or, or extend the Ernest Johnson. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Best of luck to Kareem Hunt and the Browns. Andy Ernest Johnson and Nick Chubb. <clears throat> All right. Now let's go to KJ Wright says that Geno Smith should be the starting quarterback for Seattle. I absolutely agree with that. That's great that he said that. I just think it makes more sense to start Geno Smith considering how well he did with the Seahawks in Russell Wilson's absence and him knowing the offense better than Drew Locke. Yeah, we, I was talking about this earlier, about why I think Geno Smith is going to be a good quarterback. He, he's going to be able to extend the plays. He's going to be able to – he knows that offense. He could play like a Russell Wilson pocket collapses. He could scramble and extend the play, or he could tuck it and run. And then I think like with many of the guys knowing how he is as a quarterback, he'll be fine in that system, especially with now him as the lead guy and he has Noah Fant. It never hurts to have that tight end, a reliable tight right, end. Right. BK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are still there. They know who the leader is. They want, I think they want Geno Smith under center instead of a newcomer coming in and Drew Locke who hasn't, who's tried to prove himself in Denver, but hasn't really proven much. I think he's still going to be, he still could be a reliable quarterback. I don't think he's a franchise guy, but he could be a reliable quarterback that you can start. But I say right now, I'd go Geno Smith too. I'd say Geno Smith should be the starting quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, also, best of luck to KJ Wright, Geno Smith, and the Seahawks. Yep, should be a fun season now, seeing the era without Rush and the Legion of Boom. Right, right. All right, now let's go to Chris Olatakun, aims to stay in Pittsburgh. And I think that's great that he's aiming to stay in Pittsburgh. He should. I mean, you have a great, great culture, great organization. Um, I think it's great. Uh, it's great to want to stay in Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, and it's like, like with a great organization as well as an opportunity to make the playoffs this year. We see Cleveland with the uncertainty of who's going to be quarterback right now. We don't know what Baltimore's going to do. Are they going to take a step back now that? Uh, Lamar Jackson lost one of his favorite targets, uh, Hollywood Brown to the Arizona mm. Cardinals. It should be interesting because he was not happy with that trade. And they're right now working on a contract extension, but does he want to stay in Baltimore when they don't want to pay, pay for his weapons? They'd rather pay for just one of his weapons and Mark Andrews instead of trying to extend Hollywood Brown. Yeah. And then we've seen Cincinnati is set for years to come. I think they're going to run the division this year, but it's all up for grabs for that second second spot and trying to fight for a wild card spot for a should be fun to see who can get that wild card spot out of that division. I think it might be the Pittsburgh Steelers just because of what they've have established. They still have that defense with Mika, TJ Watt. You still got a young wide receivers in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. You have Najee Harris. I think like with them and their offensive line is getting there. Yeah. Again, so it's glory days. You also have a Kello. Uh, Witherspoon as well. Hmm. And then who's, I forget who's their tight ends, like Pat Fairbairn? Firebooth? Yeah, Firebooth. Like a nice young tight end too. Never hurts, as I've always mentioned. Never hurts to have a nice, reliable tight end over the middle. 
Right, right. Never hurts to have that guy you can dump the ball off to. Yeah. They're set Absolutely. for years to come to compete with Cincinnati, even with the loss of Big Ben. They are still set for years to come to compete in that division. Yeah. And Mike Tomlin's one hell of a coach. He'll find a way to win. Absolutely. He'll easily find a way to win. Yeah. The AFC North is going to be a really interesting division, man. I I, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, because outside of outside of uh, Cincinnati, you don't know what the heck is going to happen. Because like I mentioned before, Cleveland has uncertainty at QB. Lamar, we don't know what's going on with Baltimore. Is Lamar happy? He's Because as he said, he's fr- he was not happy and shocked when they decided to trade Hollywood Brown. So it's like, I don't know what's going on there. They're trying to extend him, but contract extension talks have been in a deadlock and Pittsburgh. Yeah. They lost big Ben, but it's still a young core around him. Like, and you still got, you got Mitchell Trubisky and an up and coming quarterback and Kenny Pickett. It should be really fun to see who can compete with Cincinnati in that division. Absolutely. I I can't wait to see that as well. And yeah. uh, Best of luck to Chris Aladakun and the Steelers. Yep. Uh, all right, now let's go to Carson Wentz in a commander's uniform. This is very interesting as well. Looks good in a commander's uniform. Jake? Yeah, it never hurts. Like, was it with the change of scenery? Like, he did have success last year in Indy with the, his offensive coordinator, his old offensive coordinator in Philly. It's just going to be interesting with having what he could do in Washington. He's got a He's got some good receivers. He's got Doxon, the rookie from Penn State, who will be a nice mm-hmm. addition to the wide receiver core, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast. Uh, Terry McLaurin has been extended. He will be fine. He's got a passing, catching back out of the backfield and J.D. McKissick, as well as two great running backs and Antonio Gibson and then Robinson, the rookie from Alabama, can form a good one-two punch in the run game. You have Ricky mm-hmm. Seals-Jones. And then I forget who's the other tight end that they have. It's not because I know Jordan Reed retired. Hold Logan on. Thomas. Yeah. You have Logan Thomas too. And Ricky's Ricky seals Jones. You have two good, oh, wide, yeah, yeah, yeah. good tight ends. Yeah, yeah, It's just going to be successful for him. And then the defense is, is getting there. You have chase young. You have arguably one of the best young defensive lines in the NFL. You have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Montez Sweat and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase Young. You got a great, great pass rush. And the defense is getting there, but they're building it around that defensive line, that pass rush. That pass rush could get to you and force turnovers. I think you'll be fine in, in a clear, in a, I'm sorry, a commander's uniform, especially with Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is his head coach. We saw him have great success with Cam Newton and even success with starting guys like Taylor Heineke. He'll be yeah, fine. Absolutely. He'll be fine in that system in Washington. It should be fun to see him, especially with him trying to revitalize his career. For sure. Absolutely. I agree with you about that. What's what am I gonna say? Uh <laughs> yeah, uh best of luck to Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Yep, it should be fun to see if they can compete in the NFC East it should be fun like as we mentioned before the Eagles are the favorites but will Dallas take a step back and will the Commanders and the Giants try and overtake the Cowboys it should be fun this year it should be very interesting all right now let's go to Kim Pegula recovering well from unspecified health issue uh this is great news to hear 
hopefully she can continue to recover well. Yeah, it's just like it was a shock to hear that. And it's like I understand with the privacy of like they don't want to publicly announce what what the medical episode was. I'm just happy to hear that she's recovering well. I'm pretty sure all the NFL and the NFL teams as well as players have sent their well wishes to her. Hopefully she can recover, recover well and no complications at all. All right. Absolutely. I agree with you there. I think we got it. All right, Jake. Now let's go to Kayvon Thibodeau sets goal for one sack per game for the season. That's a great goal. I, I love that the Giants drafted Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a fantastic move by them. He's a solid defensive end. He's super quick off the line. Uh, I hope I I'm wishing best of luck to him. I, I, I think he can definitely get one sack per game. Yeah, it's, I think that's a great goal. It's like, you know, trying to push yourself to the limit. And I was even saying on draft night, I said out loud, the New York Giants won the first round. You got Kayvon Thibodeau, the projected number one overall pick early on in the season, and you got him at number five. And then a few picks later, you get arguably one of the best offensive linemen in Evan Neal, which I thought should have been the first offensive lineman taken. Because the thing that I I like about him I don't know if you saw this game in the Iron Bowl. This is why I like uh, Evan Neal. I, I'm going off topic, but this is why I love Evan Neal. In the Iron Bowl, one guy from Auburn ripped his helmet off. He ripped oh, his helmet off. I did not see off. that Iron Bowl game. Yeah, it was crazy. He ripped his helmet off, and he saw Bry- Bryce Young was uh, was coming this way because it was a busted play, so he's scrambling. Evan Neal is his lead blocker with no helmet. And he pancakes a guy. He drove him 10 yards, 10, 15 yards downfield. And then he got a personal foul because apparently I didn't even know this is a football player. I'm pretty sure no fans know this. It's a personal foul. If you lose your helmet and you continue blocking and you continue running, I guess it's just for safety reasons, but still it was his choice to continue blocking. It's like, why should you punish him for that? Right. Right. To continue to block. It should be, it should be like, you know, if he gets hit and it's like, you know, he gets a, a, laceration on his head or something that's his own decision he was just doing what he's supposed to do right right yeah like that's why I love Evan Neal and then with Thibodeau he's gonna be great as a pass rusher in that Giants defense yeah they're getting there like they are trying to build a young core on the defense because the offense is basically set at the moment you got Saquon you got hopefully Daniel Jones could prove himself you still got some great wide receivers and Tony a young receiver and Tony you got a great wide receiver Kenny Galladay when he's healthy on the field yes same thing with uh what's his name hold up oh sorry about that <laughs> sorry about no, that you're all good noise. uh what was I saying like yeah it's like it's just a nice young core and then you have Blake Martinez who was a leader for the Giants defense the defense is getting there and then Wait. I think with having are you trying to think of that other Giants wide receiver no, no, I was just – I was talking about the defense for a second with Thibodeau. Like, you have Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez, the middle linebacker, the former Packers middle linebacker. Oh, yeah, And yeah, then yeah, you right, still right, have right, Jabril right, Peppers right. in the secondary. It's it's getting there. That secondary is getting there, and the defense is getting there. Having all those offensive weapons and then having Thibodeau and Neal in the draft, I think it's going to be fun. And I could easily see Kayvon Thibodeau getting one sack a game. I think – like I mentioned before, great goal. It's going to push himself. He wants to prove himself. I already like him. I like him a lot. Me too. I, I agree. Well. I, I completely agree with you on that. Jake, I agree with you on that. 
And best of luck to Kayvon Thibodeau and the Giants. Hopefully he's able to achieve that goal. Yeah. Even if he only gets like 10 or 12 sacks, I think he's right now the front runner. He's my front runner for defensive player of the year. I'd put money down on him. He would be my front nice. runner. If I was to pick anybody for the front runner for NFL defensive player, rookie of the year, I'm going Thibodeau. Yeah, that's a great pick too. <clears throat> All right. Now let's go to uh, Michael Strahan believes that Kayvon Thibodeau will make Giants fans very happy. I agree with Michael Strahan. Yeah, I very yeah, much agree like, with They him. haven't had a pass rusher of his kind of caliber since O.C. Umanua and Jason Pierre-Paul. Like They've been waiting for that next great pass rusher. And before that, Michael Strahan was their best pass rusher. They've been waiting for years for that next great pass rusher. And I think they have it in Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that's what they what giants fans have been waiting for they've been waiting for that like you know that guy to love that comes off the edge and hits a quarterback on his blind side that's what they've been waiting for i think Kayvon thibodeau will fill that role and he will be great in a giants uniform as i just mentioned before he's my pick for defensive rookie of the year yeah i feel you i understand i completely understand <clears throat> again uh best of luck to michael strahan and best of luck to the giants all right now let's go to Julian Edelman possible return. I think this would be very interesting uh, to see him return the NFL. Yeah, it should be very interesting. I mean, he's been out of football longer than Gronk. Like Gronk was only out for a season or two, and then he came back. Like Edelman's been out for three, four seasons. I just I don't know how he would do as a wide receiver. And like, does he? Does this mean that Brady is leaning towards retirement soon? Cause that's what I'm confused with. And where would he sign? Because no offense to going to Tampa Bay and teaming up with uh, Brady again, they still have Godwin. They still have Evans. I think like they're hoping like, you know, he'd fill in some of that production of Gronk, but he hasn't been a slot receiver since his early days in the NFL. Is he going to be at his age, be able to play as a slot receiver? Like, that's just a question. How will the offense run? Will they set up Godwin in the slot? Like what they used to back in the day, right, Like that's right. where I'm confused with. Where is he going to line up? And it's like, he's been out of football longer than Gronk. I think he could still produce, but he won't be like something like Gronk where Gronk was able to get his feet wet at the end of, in the middle of the, his first season back in the NFL. That's just the thing it's, and I, does this, and this also leads to the question is Brady leaning towards retirement soon? Because why does Edelman want to come out of retirement now? Now right, does he right. want to play? Does he want to have one more go around with Brady? That's the question. Absolutely. Maybe he does. And it would be, it'd be very interesting to see uh, him back in the NFL for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the most underrated, undrafted wide receivers that we've ever seen in the NFL. That's so and true. It was great production. Like, think about that—a former quarterback, college quarterback—and turned into one of the great, one of the greatest undrafted wide receivers to ever play the game. True. That is absolutely true. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Love to see how I would love to see how this pans out. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a fun topic to follow for months to come, leading up to the season. All right, for sure. Now let's go to AJ McCarron NFL return. I think it's nice to see AJ McCarron back in the NFL. And it's just it's really nice to see him back in the NFL. He was good with the bank, uh, good with the Bengals. Jake? Yeah, it's just crazy with him. Like, 
Like he was one, he was a great quarterback during his time at Alabama, won multiple BCS national championship games, was on, was a pretty decent backup. I mean, we remember with this time in Cincinnati, he had to start the playoff game because Andy Dalton got hurt. We even saw him start another playoff game or no, 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 wait, wait, that was Connor Cook that started that playoff game for the Raiders. But even then in his time in Buffalo, like he was able to start a few games for injuries and stuff. It's just nice to see him because he never really got a shot in the NFL. Like he was right, great right. in college, but he just never got a shot in the NFL. Like multiple times he started in place of the injured QB and he just never really got his chance to really prove himself. And it should be interesting again to see if anybody signs him as a backup or a third string quarterback. But it will be right, tough for right. him to try and make a, a, a starting uh, week one roster, but it should be fun to see what he can do, especially after his time out of the NFL. Absolutely, Jake. I agree with you on that. <clears throat> Best of luck to A.J. McCarron. Best of luck to Julian Edelman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, A.J. McCarron was one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch during my young days. I remember watching him starting at Alabama. Yeah, I remember that too. Those were some good days. All right, now let's go to Michael Thomas running routes. And this is great. It's great to see Michael Thomas going uh, towards full recovery. It's great uh, that he's running routes again. It's great to see he was, uh, he was running routes on his Instagram. He was his Instagram story or Instagram live. But it's nice to see him back. And it's, yeah, it's, he, it's great. It's great. Like we saw him sit out all last season, like, he was before that he was one of the top receivers in the NFL. Yeah, he was. And it's, it should be fun to see. And it'll help. It'll definitely help the new Orleans saints, especially with getting like right now, Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton could be the starting quarterback week one. It should be interesting because it'll help whoever starts a QB having a route runner like Michael Thomas, it'll help them. You have that reliable receiver. You have that guy that's like, you know, third and long, I'm going to look for him first before I look at any other receiver. You have that guy that's like, you know, when you need a catch, like I mentioned with like something like an AJ Brown with uh, Philly, you're going to have that guy. It's like, get me the ball. I will make a play. It'll help them. It'll help the offense, which is what we saw last year kind of struggle with, with him sitting out all of last year with the injury. It should be fun to see him return. I'm rooting for him and I'm hoping he goes back to his usual production again. Me too. I'm absolutely rooting for him as well. <laughs> Absolutely rooting for him. He's a great wide receiver, and it's going to be nice to see him back in the NFL this season. Yes, it will. All right. Now let's – and uh, best of luck to Michael Thomas and the Saints. All right. Now let's go to Akeem Tlaib joins Thursday Night Football team. That's great that he's joining uh, the Thursday Night Football team. He was a great – uh, cornerback, hell of a defensive player. Uh, got that Super Bowl win with the Broncos over the Panthers. It's great to have his expertise on the Thursday night uh, football team. And I think it's great. It's, it's great to see that. Yeah, especially, especially. What were you saying, Jake? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to build upon what you were saying, especially with like Amazon buying the exclusive rights to Thursday night football. You got Al Michaels calling it. You got to keep to leave joining the crew. You got Tony Gonzalez. Like they're trying to dis distinguish themselves. Like they pulled a lot of guys from Fox sports as well as Al Michaels is one of the most recognizable figures in calling NFL games with Sunday night football and NBC. It should be interesting to see NBC without Al Michaels on Sunday night football, as we yeah. see him in 
him and Chris Collinsworth for years. They've been the voices for Sunday night football. It should be interesting, but I think that's, what's going to help them is you're getting all these guys with their expertise, their commentary, Al Michaels being one of the most recognizable figures in, in the NFL. It's just going to help prime video and it's going to distinguish themselves from the major networks. That's what they're trying to do. And I think it's going to be fun watching a keep to leave. He is knowledgeable. He is great. Like him, Greg Olson, Rondé Barber for Fox. They've yes. been great as color analysts. He's going to be great as either a commentary, a pregame host, or even the color color commentary analyst for, for Thursday night football, whatever he does, his expertise, his knowledge of the game is only going to have benefit Amazon prime and help them distinguish themselves. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. <clears throat> Hopefully it goes well for Akeem Tlaib on Thursday night football. Yeah. It's going to be fun seeing him. Yeah. It's going to be different. It's going to be interesting watching it via streaming. It's, it's not, it's going to be weird watching it via only streaming. All right. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Wait, Jake, I have to text my brother for a second. You're good. All right. I'm back. I'm back. All right. All right. Now we have Steve McNair's legacy and it's so unfortunate that he's no longer with us. He was a great football player, great quarterback, um, lit it, uh, absolutely was amazing at Alcorn state and then was amazing with the Houston Oilers and then it became the Tennessee Oilers and they became the Tennessee Titans. He was great uh, throughout his entire career. And also he was great with the Ravens too. He came oh so close to winning the Super Bowl against the Rams. Uh, yep. Great player. What a fun player. It's so sad that he's no longer with us. He was, tra he was tragically killed. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Steve it's, McNair. Thoughts and prayers just, are with his friends and family. It's just tough to think about with him, like the what ifs. He like falls under the category of somebody like uh trying to think, man, why am I forgetting his name? What who is the safety for the Washington commanders when he tragically was killed? Sean Taylor. Yeah, Sean Taylor. He sadly falls in that category of Sean Taylor of great NFL greats that careers were cut short by somebody doing, making a stupid decision. And sadly with yeah. John Taylor, with the home invasion, then Steve McNair sadly getting shot when just driving around with his wife. It's just horrible how he died. But I think like with his legacy, he was a great, a great quarterback. He was yeah. a great quarterback, a great leader. Yeah, you, I liked how you mentioned with this, came up short in a Super Bowl victory. He came one yard short. His receiver was one yard short of the goal yeah. line. It, it's just a tough way to, to lose that way, but how he was. And then we can't forget about how he used to give back to the community, to the streets that he grew up on. Yeah. That's, I think, like what people are going to remember him for, not just for his what he did on the field, what he did off the field. He gave back to the community, and that's yeah, what people remember him. He was a great leader, a great quarterback a great person and sadly his career was tragically cut short by somebody making a stupid decision. Rest in peace, Steve McNair. You may be gone, but your legacy and what you left on this earth will be remembered. Yeah. And also he unfortunately died on July 4th too. Oh, wow. That's just, 
that just makes it even more sad that we're just right. about a day before his anniversary of his death. Yeah. Yeah, it's really sad that he's no longer with us. All right, I think we hit it on the head. Uh, Jake, thank you for coming on. It was great having you. You're welcome anytime. Thank you. It's always, as I always mentioned, it's great to talk football with you. And wow, I think we almost talked football for almost two hours. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a it's long always time. Fun. Always yeah. fun. Always fun. And this time always flies by. It's always great talking football yeah. and then going a little bit off topic and still talking about football. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, hey, guys, uh, guys, hopefully you enjoyed listening to this. Uh, take care, guys. Have a good one. Jake, take care. Have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye.